My boss sees me get into a car accident, then won't let me return to work without a doctor's note. Here's a flip side malicious compliance carried out by my manager against myself. Many years ago, I worked at a care home for individuals who needed help learning how to transition into living independently. I loved my job. I loved the people I cared for. It was tough though, as we were always shorthanded. Staff had a high turnover rate because the pay wasn't great. We were constantly working double shifts and getting called into work on our nights off. I was genuinely open to it as I had no kids at the time and half of my shift was literally hanging out with some of the coolest clients I've ever met. Cooking dinners with them, watching movies, and after they went to bed, everything was just cleanup. I was allowed to do homework or art or really anything I wanted to within reason. The clients here really liked me and would look forward to when I was coming on shift. They would often come out to the driveway area to greet me when I got in. One day, the manager and several clients were in the driveway waiting for me to arrive. Just as my husband was about to pull into the driveway, residential road, speed limit was about 25 miles an hour, we were hit from behind. The driver was going nearly 70 miles per hour and reached down to get his cell phone and hit us when we were pulling into the driveway. The way he hit us and how fast he was going, our car did a full 360 spin into the driveway and everything in our trunk went flying all over the place. The manager and the clients saw everything that happened. We were very lucky that day that they were further back in the driveway and didn't get hit. The manager called an ambulance for us and I was in complete shock. Felt like the world slowed down to a frame by frame slow motion. The ambulance took us both to the hospital. Our car had to be towed away. At the hospital, we were cared for and I was given an order to stay on bed rest for a few days and see my family physician as soon as possible. Ultimately, I was okay. Major whiplash, I had some body aches, headaches, etc. from the shock and the force of the vehicles crashing, but nothing severe. My husband wasn't as lucky, but he was okay and just had to use crutches for a while until his knee healed. After a few days of rest, I was still sore and ready to return to work and just move forward. I arrived at work for my shift and when I entered the house, my manager, the one who saw the crash and called the ambulance, was in the dining room area sitting at the table with paperwork in front of her. She said for me to have a seat so we can go over this paperwork. I sat down and she asked for my doctor's note that put me on bed rest for a few days. Well, I don't have one. I hadn't considered in my state of shock at the time that I needed to ask for one. She had seen firsthand the accident and she saw me being taken away in the ambulance. So surely there wasn't a question on why I needed to call in for those shifts, right? Wrong. Company policy says if you miss three shifts, you must show documentation from a doctor that you were instructed to take those days off or you cannot return to work. Okay, no problem. Sorry I didn't realize it was needed. I'll run up to the hospital and get it right away. So I head up to the hospital and let them know that I had been seen there a few days ago after a car wreck and I needed a note that would state that I was seen by a doctor and I was recommended to take a few days of bed rest. The receptionist, who is currently dealing with the triage of patients waiting to be seen, I rolls and looks up the file. After reading it, she writes a note to my work stating that I was in a wreck and had been seen and was excused from work for three days. I promptly return to work and hand over the note and let her know they pulled the file and got it taken care of. I expected she would just let me fill out the paperwork and go on to my shift. Nope. She says that the note has to be written by a doctor, not a receptionist. Okay, I say. I'll run back and let them know what we need. 
I head back to the hospital. I let the reception know I was sorry to interrupt again, but I need a note that was written by a doctor. My boss cannot accept it from reception. She says, well, I'm a nurse, but okay, I'll see if I can get it signed by a doctor. Quite some time later, she was able to get it signed by a doctor who would have much rather been spending their time caring for people who got their foot run over by a lawnmower. I thank her and head back to work with the note, once again expecting to move on and get back to my work. Nope. She says, so this is the doctor that you saw the night of the accident? Well, no, of course not. This is an ER and most of the doctors at this hospital work several different ERs around the valley and they're rarely available at the same hospital in a given week more than once or twice. This is a known fact in our area. But they pulled the file, confirmed the information that I was seen and excused from work and was asked to see a family physician as soon as possible. My boss goes on to say, sorry, but I must have a note from the doctor that saw you in the ER the night of the accident, not some random doctor, and because you can't seem to follow policy, you are now suspended for three days. I expect you to have a note from the doctor who you saw before you return to work after your suspension. At this point, I am beside myself. Why in God's name am I being forced to do this and suspended when she saw the car wreck and called the ambulance herself? I am so confused at this point. I was an excellent employee, almost a college graduate with near perfect marks, availability beyond the scope of my own schedule weekly, last minute double shifter for the sake of the company and the clients without even a whine, suffering the effects of malicious compliance far beyond my comprehension. So what shall I do? I went back to that hospital on the off chance the doctor would be there, and he was not. He wouldn't be for weeks. I spent the next day tracking down this doctor and in the end I prevailed. I got my note from the doctor that saw me in the ER on the night of the wreck. I went into work early the next morning before the manager would arrive. I placed the note on her desk front and center with my keys and another note stating my gratefulness for the opportunity I had to work with these amazing clients, but that unfortunately I could no longer afford the time to work there as I was in a crunch with completing my education. I wished her well and good luck. I continued to visit the clients often as a friend instead of a caregiver. And I'll never forget the awesome times we had hanging out BSing about the world with no doctor's note required to do so. And that malicious compliance that was dished out to me resulted in an ample amount of double shifts for my old manager. Man, I will be 100% honest with you, this is the fastest way to lose great employees. It just makes you feel like your place of business doesn't appreciate or care about what you do or have done. I remember at my old automotive job, I had a lead position that came with no extra pay. I just had extra responsibilities and I figured, well, if I keep up this good work, do the lead duties and make the shifts run smoothly, I'm sure I'll get a better raise come evaluation time. When it was finally time to see how much I would get in a raise, I found out that my raise was exactly the same as the worst guy on our shift. I'm talking this guy should have been fired months ago type of bad. The very next day, I told my supervisor that I'm only doing what every other person on the shift does and nothing more. Stuff got really interesting after that, but that's a story for another time. You need to speak with parents before sending kids to my office. So this happened at the height of the TikTok challenge, but the fruition of my malicious compliance has finally reared its beautiful head. So back when soap dispensers the world over were on high alert due to students stealing them, or destroying them in the process, the teachers at my school were directed to monitor the bathrooms. First off, I think this is a disgusting practice, especially when your admin says, you need to go inside that restroom and get them out of there. Freaking gross. 
We have a security guard for that, and even an SRO, but nope, it's now on us. Add it to the ever-increasing pile of things I never thought I would do as a teacher. The boys' restroom is directly across the hall from my room. Joel Embiid could spread his arms across and touch both doors to my room and the bathroom simultaneously, with his palms. So I hear a sound, a very distinct sound, that thanks to TikTok, I've been required to learn to listen out for. The loud snapping of the back of a soap dispenser that someone is trying to pry off the wall. It's very distinct and I heard it well from my classroom door, just as I was about to prop it open mid-class. I open the restroom door and walk inside while my body holds the door open. I see three boys. One is doing a stupid dance while rotating in a circle in place. One is standing on a toilet inside a stall, phone open and recording presumably, and one is staring at the mirror. The first two boys see me and change their behavior. One student doesn't seem to see me and reaches forward with his fingers clawed open, prying at the back of the soap dispenser. This happened multiple times in the span of two seconds, and it was clear what he was doing. I finally couldn't take how long it's been since I had opened this door and cleared my throat. He looked at me, pretends to have only been washing his hands the whole time, and just stands there. I tell them that they need to move along, and two of the boys listen. Dispenser boy decides to make his point of contention, saying, No, I don't think I will. It's at this point that I decide to flake out and report what he's doing to admin. If this was TFIU, this would have been the FU one. I tell EJ, a great security guy who can't be everywhere at once, you know, displacement theory, what's going on and he gets dispenser boy, dweeb, out of the restroom and sends him to the office. Upon request, I email admin exactly what happened, in about as much painful detail as aforementioned paragraphs, would indicate, and this should be it, right? Nope. Dad doesn't believe his precious little dweeb could or would do something like this, and he pressed the issue because dweeb was 100% denying it. Hmm, middle school kid denying something? Nah, doesn't sound like a middle schooler. I will say I have the utmost respect for kids and excuse their behavior before adults. Adults should know better. But this began wasting a lot of my time. All of a sudden, I'm now required to sit down alongside administration just to have a makeshift conference call with Dweeb's dad. I already emailed the details, spoke on the phone with admins about this, then in person to confirm it, accompanied by my standing exactly where and how the students stood and how they attempted to remove the soap dispenser, etc. I had to mime this because the dad didn't believe this is what his son was doing. So why the flip am I meeting? What's there to discuss? Oh, the father doesn't believe his son would do something like this and due process and all that. Due process doesn't mean that you get to demand my presence like some sort of unpaid genie. Like I have to perform and reenact the scenario in a convincing enough way so dad will finally believe it? Yet here I was, sitting in the admin's office while she dialed the father's number on speakerphone. Here's what she said. Hi, Mr. Butthead. This is Mrs. Bibbles from Floppy Middle School. I'm here with OP, and he has confirmed that your child was definitely attempting to remove the soap dispenser and not just trying to get soap. I understand how this could be a misunderstanding. She said some more typical admin stuff and then turned to me, her face changing from hard to interpret to very easy to interpret, and said, You really need to start communicating clearly with your parents. I don't want to see any kid in my office until after you've done so. This could have been easy if you had done this. I see your point and see why I needed to be scolded. That's probably what my face said. But deep down, I was shocked. I have no idea how I could have prevented an issue with his parents. 
I did everything according to protocol, had EJ pull the tape to confirm times, all that jazz. I thought she was going to be apologetic about the situation, saying, I'm sorry, I know that your words mean something, and you saw this firsthand, and I even have a statement from another student that was there, saying that he was trying to take it down. So I shouldn't have called you here on your prep just so Dweeb's dad could talk to you and ask you himself. You know, something like that. I decided right then and there that I was going to have an MC moment, just wasn't sure when. I had forgotten about this for months. Now, then all of a sudden, I get my opportunity. Good old dweeb is at it again. This time throwing things at a female student running away from him in the hall. Ending with him slapping her on the behind and then groping it. Imagine him making a duck bill with his hand. It was like that. She was not a willing participant in this. Enter malicious compliance. I remember what admin said about sending a very clear email to parents and to do so before I send a kid to her office. So I have Dweeb wait in the hall rather than send him down. Then asked my colleague to stand in the hallway to monitor so I could stop my class instruction to write an email to a parent. I needed to send an email first, right? Here's the email. Team B, I always use Team B in last name. I was at my propped open classroom door, ready to close it as seventh grade lunch students passed, when I saw Dweeb chasing a female student through the halls, eventually hitting her on the backside. By backside, I mean a very inappropriate location to hit someone. He also used a grabbing, pinching motion to grasp her backside as well. Around this time, Officer Platinum popped his head into my classroom asking, what's up with this guy? I told him and he said, No need to call the office. I'll handle it from here. But I continued my email. I had intended on sending Dweeb to the office, but was instructed to be more clear in my communication. So I wanted to send this email before sending him down. Also a requirement I've been advised to adhere to after our last communication. Our school resource officer happened to swing by, so it appears that the office visit may not be happening just yet. If there is anything you need, don't hesitate to ask or reply to this email. OP. I lost the train of what happened after this. I immediately returned to teaching after officer took Dweeb out of my hands. But I know that videotape was used, interviews with other students were used, and Dweeb won't be on campus the rest of the school year. I'm not sure if he officially got arrested, but everybody was talking about how Dweeb left in a cop car. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. This was an interesting malicious compliance because I feel like it happened towards the student and not necessarily the principal. 
I really do hope this kid did leave in a cop car though because I don't see him getting any discipline at home from his father that doesn't think that his kid is capable of doing anything bad. Also, young men need to be taught to respect young women and keep their hands to themselves. Maybe this kid will get a little scared straight treatment. But let me know. Was this OP a jerk for reporting the kid? My company gives me a zero dollar raise, so I give them my two weeks notice while I'm on two weeks of vacation. So about a dozen years ago, I was in a great paying job, but the work environment was absolutely atrocious. I spent the entire year I was there looking for another job. Finally, I got an offer elsewhere at a hefty pay cut, but leapt at it. Now, this place, a very small company, said they were looking for a mid-level software developer. They realized I was a senior developer, but the manager said, I'm not really sure what to offer as I've never hired a senior developer before. The explanation sounds a little funny, but ultimately it turned out as such. They'd start me at X amount a year, a mid-level developer salary, and at my one-year review, they'd give me a raise of somewhere between Y and Z, depending on how things went. Where Z equals two times Y, and it would have amounted to somewhere between a 6 to 12% raise. It's just a salary with benefits, no bonuses, but I was fine with that. A little weird that they would try to start new employees with only one week of vacation time instead of two. The way every other place I work does, but they offered me the two weeks up front. So I did some work on a legacy program, but they mostly had me working on some completely new feature that integrated with the existing product. A year goes by and I like the place. It's small, but the team is good. And they had me move them to using Eclipse. They were using a text editor, a bet a text editor that had a very convenient compile this source file now feature. Most of the team loved it. And the assistant manager was so delighted with the IDE, I'll give it up when you pry it from my cold dead fingers. So I did a little work on the legacy project. I do a lot of work on the new project and I work on some customer conversions, converting their data to work on our software when they were on a different software before. I also did refactoring, trying to, you know, actually make use of parent and child classes properly, rather than relying on a massive amount of copy and paste and code duplication that exists there. Me and one of the other guys, call him Z, who was my mentor to the company, but I was his mentor in furthering his programming style, tried to convince the manager to let us set up a source control system. The current system was that everyone worked off a single copy of the source code on a shared network drive, which was backed up to tape every night. The manager resisted. We even suggested to let us take one of the old junk PCs from the storage room and set up a very small repository, just to experiment with and to make sure it worked as we planned i.e. hello world and program files of that small scale before trying to move their stuff to it. Manager wouldn't budge. My review is late, several months late, but we were busy and the manager said it was the most busiest year they could recall them having. Also, I'd scheduled my two weeks vacation so that I could fly out to visit my parents. During this time, I've gotten calls about other jobs, but I mostly blew them off. I knew for a fact what my salary would be when I got my review, so I was happy with that. Still, the calls came here and there. My review finally comes and it's almost glowing. One or two minor hiccups, but overall they were very pleased with me. My raise? Zero dollars. Well, you know, I can't really present a raise to the owner since you haven't mastered any piece of the legacy software. I mean, I had you working on new stuff, but there was always time for you to learn the legacy system. There was always time? During their busiest year ever? So busy my review was five months late. I grumbled. 
The two guys I worked with the most were jaw-droppingly shocked when I told them. Although one of the older guys there did sort of say words to the effect of, I can't say that this is the first time that's happened. I dug up an old email from before I was hired and forwarded it to them. He took several days to respond. He never takes several days to respond. He came up with some cockamamie word games about how things didn't go that well this year, trying to play the, oh, I meant going well overall, not going well with your performance. So I just kept working away. But I followed up on the most recent call about a potential job. It was the same pay as I was making at this place, but with bonuses and better benefits, and half the distance and time to drive from my house with no tolls. I snuck out to interview at the new place, seemed to go well, and we struck a deal. I gave them a start date of after my vacation, went back to my current job and played along for a little bit. They also went to the job fairs, looking to hire someone straight out of college. Also, now the manager was interested in source control. One of the other developers said, well, last year it was your idea, but this year it's his idea. Interestingly, I briefly met the one graduating student that they eventually hired. So it comes up to the point where my vacation is about to start. I go down to the CTO's office and give them my two weeks notice the day before my leave. He seemed a little thrown by that and commented something about how they usually expect to have two weeks to transition. I said I agree with him, but I pointed out how my manager made certain promises, my review was glowing, and my raise somehow was zero. He didn't quite address that, but made a cryptic sort of comment, X doesn't really share very well. I never knew if they meant my manager doesn't let the rest of them know what he did, or meant that he somehow benefits from keeping costs down. I later was given to understand that the CTO and the owner might as well known or have been in on the plan to stiff me on the raise. I did have time to talk with my manager, of course, and he did say, well, I guess I am the bad guy on this, though he didn't seem particularly remorseful. There was a shocking amount of candor, but we did get what we needed from you. I suspected that the manager's raise was based on how well he did cost controlling, though. I mean, I was driving an older vehicle and the manager was driving a newish Acura SUV. But giving my two weeks notice on the day before my vacation was my malicious compliance. That I took great relish in. Epilogue. Years later, I was working at another company about two miles from that place. A colleague of mine actually told me he was going to interview at that place with the bad manager. He also told me who was interviewing him. It was Z. I told him that Z was a good guy and one of the two that was shocked at my lack of raise. I told my buddy, yeah, Z is a good guy, but ask if X is going to be your manager, because if so, you're not interested. Z actually told my colleague, yeah, OP was great. And while I was his mentor at the company here, I felt more like he was mentoring me. X did screw him, but don't worry, X isn't a part of the picture for this job. Also that the new person we hired, she says that she can always tell when she runs into OP's code. The code style is so much better. My colleague ultimately didn't take the job with them though. Good for him. It's stuff like this that made me learn not to trust a word upper management says about pay increases in large companies. They often use that to get you to do more work for the whole year and then stiff you when evaluation time comes around. Know your worth at big companies and make sure you stand up for yourself if you feel like you're being used. But word of caution, make sure you're actually an asset to the team. I've had team members think that they deserve raises when they actually deserve to be fired. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the Stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.